Good morning, and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. We like to share positive stories here at Jew in the City, stories of Orthodox Jews doing unexpected things, uh, stories of Orthodox Jews having great success, uh, Orthodox Jews who are living out their dreams. Um, and our guest today, who's actually joined us before, I would say is doing all of those things. Um, and I think he's bringing a lot of uh, laughter and cheer to a lot of I wouldn't just say the Orthodox Jewish world, but the entire world, because his following seems to be really breaking down a lot of different barriers and boundaries. His name is Ashley Blaker. Um, He is a producer. He is a comedian. Um, His career, actually, as a stand-up comic, uh, took off once he became uh, a Haredi Jew. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. So we've talked before on the show about kind of your background and how you, you know, became observant, how your, you know, your career developed. Um, we've got a couple things to talk about today that are pretty timely, and I'm just so curious to hear about. I can't decide which one I'm more curious to hear about. Maybe, maybe this BBC radio show, Ashley Blaker's Goyish Guide to Judaism. So this is going to be airing soon. I'm so fascinated. What the baby? What are you? <laughs> what is the Goyish Guide to Judaism? What? What will this show consist of? Um, how did this come about? Um, do tell. So basically, uh, the BBC—they were, you know, they'd seen that I was doing all these shows for a Jewish audience uh, and playing, uh, you know, big theaters all over the world, but predominantly for Jewish people. Um, and I think they thought this is really interesting. Somebody came along and saw it and said, "What?" we'd love you to do is have, is there any way you could make a show of this kind but that everybody else could enjoy because that's really what you know that's what tv and radio is for really it's about bringing to the not everyone can come to us theater. you know you can't all we can't all go and see our favorite comedians live and the, the room is only so yay big and sometimes it's a distance the whole point of TV and radio is to be able to bring those experiences, a bit like a sports game. Not everyone can go to the Super Bowl, but let's uh, watch it on TV instead. Um, let's, um, is there a way that you could bring this to everybody else, to the wider audience, obviously the non-Jewish audience? Uh, and I thought about it, and I thought, you know, this, I'd, I'd love to do that, because I think that's a really interesting proposition. No one's really ever done that before, to actually try and explain not just the kind of experiences of being Jewish, which I think, you know, lots of comedians like Jackie Mason and lots of other people have talked about, like the kind of very kind of um, general overview of, like, the experience of being Jewish. But the, I, I'm talking about much more specific about the religions, things we do, you know, our, our, our practices, what's actually involved. And it's, it's, what's really amazing is the audience is, not only do they find it funny, but uh, it's it's genuinely fascinating to them. So, okay, so just to clarify, so this is not like a sitcom or like a reality TV show. It's more like what we've seen no, comedians where they're me. doing stand-up it's, it's live stand-up. and then there's a show that's like built around it's it, like me. it's being it's, taped. I guess it's like, exactly, it's me. It's just, it's one man talking uh, for half an hour. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's me talking about, and I, I'm going through... Um, going through different commandments and going through what it's like and what's actually involved and explaining how we keep Shabbos and explaining in a comical way uh, how, how a Shabbos guy works, 
how it works if you forget to turn your lights on and having to try and find somebody to to fix it for you. Um, these experiences, which are so unique to the and and they're actually what's really interesting is that they're things that we take for granted. They're things that we actually, you know, they're so part of our life, particularly if you're from, that we completely forget how unusual they are and how unusual they would seem to, the, to everyone else. And so just to clarify, is this UK, you in front of uh, is this you in front of an audience or is this you just talking to the camera? In front of an audience? No. Got it. No, 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 no. Me in front of an audience, in front of a non-Jewish audience. And um, the, I mean, remember, of course, as well, you know, you live in New York. New York is such a Jewish city. Um, and so even people who aren't Jewish in New York are kind of half Jewish. They, they, right. they know a lot and they have uh, a, a real framework of reference. But in the UK, that's really not the case. And certainly, you know, it's, it's these the people are hearing about this stuff for the first time. Yeah. They've heard, of, they know Jews, they kind of see that, but they don't really know anything about it. So it really is a real introduction. So it's, uh, it's a fascinating experience. And then I'm doing, actually, in the, I'm going to the Edinburgh Festival this summer uh, for all of August, again, performing a show entirely for non-Jews called, uh, I mean, obviously some Jews will come, but it's not, it's aimed at a non-Jewish audience called Ashley Blaker Observant Jew. And, uh, yeah, and I, I love the opportunity to do that. It's just so, um, it, it feels like a real privilege. To, so, you to know, to your point that um, everyone in New York Jewish is like, uh, and New York is like half Jewish. I went to uh, university at Columbia um, and I was in a uh, photography class and my professor was someone, you know, constantly wisecracking and he saw one of the pictures. He would just kind of, you know, make fun of half of what we put on the wall and he looked at one picture. He said, who's that? The Shabbos guy? And the whole class, which was mostly not Jewish, like started laughing. And I was like, wait, how does everyone get this? And I realized at that point that they were all, sure. they had all been, you know, asked to, you know, turn off a light or something like that. So, um, yes, very much so. So how does your show for non-Jews differ from your show? Or like what material do you, do you differentiate between what you explain to non-Jews versus your from audience versus your non-Orthodox audience? There's a, I mean, it's basically a, you know, if you, there's a, if you take all the materials that I do, certainly like from my, what the material I've been doing for the last few years for a Jewish audience, and I should say straight away that my Jewish show is for all Jews. I mean, you know, a lot of from Jews come, but it's, it really is for, I think, any Jewish person would, would get it. it. It really is for everybody in, in the UK. Uh, you know, it really is the complete range from uh, the Haredi, the, the black hats and the shaitals, through to the reformed and the liberal, the completely unaffiliated. Um, so I've taken the material, and some of it just wouldn't work, no question. I mean, there's some that just it works to a point, and then there's just that one little bit of knowledge, which you don't have that knowledge. Um, mm. I'll give you an example. I've got a routine about the difference between Jewish and non-Jewish New Year, um, right. which that will only work for a Jewish audience, really, yeah. because a non-Jewish person doesn't have any knowledge of what Rosh Hashanah is like. So right. it, you would have to kind of write something completely different for them to explain. Um, but it's not, they would have no understanding or knowledge of it. Obviously, they're not going to show on Rosh Hashanah. But lots of the material I have been able to use uh, and it requires just a lot of thought to rework and rewrite 
and obviously trying to translate as well. But mm-hmm. it's interesting because I've, I've spent the last year, I've just been doing a lot of translating because I've translated my show essentially for an American audience. Mm-hmm. That's already... Yeah, it was a big a, translation a already, yeah. You think it really was a, It was a really good job, I mean, because, uh, you know, the show I'm doing in New York at the moment has been really been put through some, some big translation job to take it from some things that was for British people to something that's for Americans, it's in your language, that, that uses references and phrases and words that, that you know. Um, and in the same, exactly the same way, it's about going, okay, they wouldn't call it a kippah or a yarmulke, but they know a skull cap. And, and I can explain what this is and, and, and need to just make sure that it's, it's not, you know, it really is in a language that they understand. It's inside. Sometimes the actual, the explanations are, get big laughs themselves. That's what's been really uh, funny to see is that sometimes, like talking about a Shabbos guy, if you talk about a Shabbos guy to a Jewish audience, they know what that is. Right. To, to explain it to the audience, the, the BBC listenership, I, the BBC listeners, I'm, I'm explaining what that is, but then I actually explain we're not allowed to ask, but we are allowed right. to hint, and that right. itself is is so funny that there's right. that will get a laugh and and it will get a lot of um, there's material to be had just in that alone. So the explanations it, it doesn't actually ruin it; it actually sometimes helps. So let me ask you. Um, I think that there's sort of an interesting line in comedy where we are today, where uh, in another era, um, comedians said off-color things all the time. Even like cartoons had like you know weirdly racist stuff, or maybe just like all media sexist stuff. And now we sort of come to this point where you have to be careful about what you make fun of. And now comedians might say something and then do a big apology tour. And um, so I would imagine, I mean, being that Jews have very um, strong opinions, um, how does how does comedy fit into poking fun at something? Um, do you have a line? What kind of, you know, how do you deal with the criticism? Do you ever have to say, oh, maybe I need to, you know, rework that? Or kind of, how, what's your process? Because it's a, it's a challenging space to try to figure out, like, how far is too far? And, you know, what what mm. is funny? And what is people, like, laughing at us? Right. I, I mean, I think, well, those are two different questions. I'll answer the first one. I mean, the, so in terms of, like, the line, I mean, I think one thing, and I've spent years, as you said before, I've spent years producing TV and radio. And the thing that I was always told was that you should only put out anything that you, or you can basically put out anything you like as long as, within reason, as long as you would be willing and you are able to go on to the kind of shows like we have in the UK, like Right to Reply and Feedback. They probably have shows in America, I don't know. That, that you could go on as producer and explain yourself. So if you were kind of called on to one of these things and somebody makes a complaint, that you, you can justify it, that it's justifiable. And I apply exactly the same thing to my stand-up. I put huge thoughts into everything. Um, so there is nothing I say that I don't feel that I could justify if somebody wrote to me or, or complained or what have you. Um, I think, interestingly, one, see, see, thought, though, is so important. That's why you see people apologizing all the time, it's like Roseanne Barr is, uh, yep. just had a show canceled and, um, and is apologizing, what have you. But that was a, a racist tweet. See, that's the trouble with Twitter. It's a very quick medium. 
So yeah. people, um, people will just tweak the first things that comes into their head. They haven't given it thought, mm-hmm. uh, proper thought, and then they get into trouble for it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do on stage, so much time has gone into it. That's not to say that I don't ever get people, you know, pick and choose, love, uh, love complaining. And oh, yeah. there'll always be someone who says, I don't like this line, I don't like that line. But the whole point is, is there's a very big difference between something you've really given thought to, and I thought, yeah, I, I can, I'm very comfortable saying that, and I feel very comfortable justifying it. That's really the point. Not only do I feel comfortable saying it, I feel comfortable justifying it. A, a tweet is something very different. People just say something, and it's just, it's out there, and it's too late. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the other question you said, which was about what do you, is there a line you don't want to go to in, in front of uh, non-Jewish audiences? I mean, I think that's a very good question. I think that's, and that's, that's I suppose, is about the, that very thin line about trying to, trying to make sure that what I do is a Kiddush Hashem, not a Hillel Hashem. Um, right. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I mean, that is something I, I, I grapple with. And you don't mm-hmm. want people to be laughing at us. You want them to be laughing with us. Um, and it's right. a challenge. Yeah. And, and, uh, but I, I, you know, I, I hope, you know, I'm afraid that I get the balance right. There's not really, again, I have to, that, that's, a, that's a, in a way, that's a much harder one because I think sometimes, you because every, every audience member is going to have a different experience as well. So yeah. you, you just have to use your best judgment on that one. Um, no, I, said, I think the thing about words is that uh, words carry different levels of meaning. Um, and I found even for things that I'm, maybe not even trying to be funny or a little funny or trying to say one thing and then people read it another way. I think it's a really challenging thing when you're even trying to play things pretty straight and people read into something in a way you didn't mean for them to read into. So um, I would imagine that that becomes just, you know, infinitely more challenging when you're already um, kind of living on the edge like you are with comedy. Yeah, I just think it's, it's, it is a, it is a, that, as you say, the, the really tricky thing is, is to make sure people aren't laughing at it in a way. You know. But the thing is, as well, a rabbi my, once gave me a very, not my rabbi, but a rabbi I was very close to and, and learned with for, for many years, said to me, it's, it's one, you should take your Judaism seriously, but you shouldn't take yourself too seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's the thing. I, I, the people who, the very few number of people who, sometimes get annoyed about something are the people who take themselves very, very seriously. Right. Um, and, and I think as long as we don't take ourselves too seriously, as long as we make sure we don't do that, then I think that's fine. Um, you know, I take my Judaism very seriously, so it doesn't right. mean that it's all just fun. Um, right. but, uh, but, I think that there, but I think there is something great to break down those barriers. I'm really pleased that the show has to do that. It's breaking down barriers. It's, it's giving a insight into something which the listeners really have uh, no knowledge of. And I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to going to Edinburgh and, and, and doing that as well. Uh, and it's just so, obviously, just the experience of seeing someone who looks like me, yeah, you know, black suit, white uh, shirt, and a beard, and tails, and, and a hat, and a big uh, velvet guitar, it's just so unusual, just, just hanging out. That's you don't expect to see that on stage. I, you know, there's no other comedian that you're going to see like that on stage. For sure, and I think another great thing about what you're doing and why you know we're so happy to continue to promote it is that 
whenever those depictions are, you know, done in the media, it's really always by outsiders and it's always very somber and dreary and the orthodox Hasidic yeah, lifestyle. Exactly. And, um, and so you really bring um, a whole different perspective to that and it, it belongs to us. Um, have you ever had any stories of um, either non-Jews who have said that you opened their eyes in a positive way or non-observant Jews that, you know, were um, sort of interested in exploring further because of your comedy routine or? Yeah, you know, the, the thing is, I, I, you know, I really, it would be lovely to um, have a positive impact on people, uh, both Jews and non-Jews. I always say it's a really important point to make. Some people don't appreciate this. Some some rabbis who've asked me to do things, I'm always very clear. I don't work in Kirov. You know, I'm not a Kirov act. I'm a comedian. My absolute first and, quite frankly, only aim is to entertain and to make the audience laugh. Right. That's kind of pretty much where it stops. Um, I'm not here to be Makar of anyone. I'm yeah. not here to try and make you be firm. However, that's it. One thing, the feedback I've had again and again and again, from, uh, I'm thinking from, from non-functions, what they have said is they've come out of a show feeling really proud to be Jewish. Mm. And I'm proud to hear that. I, it's yeah. not so much coming out going, oh, I'm now going to keep shopping. That's quite right. a big thing. I mean, those are big, you know, those are big issues. But I right. love the idea that people have said to me, I felt proud to be Jewish. It, I really walked out feeling taller. Yeah. So um, I would. You know, I really walked out thinking, that's great. So and that's brilliant. I'm so proud of that. So, you know, I, I would say that we got a lot of feedback like that, thank God, from a lot of our content, from our all-star series that we do. And I think um, when I hear that, it's really, for me, when we see Chil Hashem, that's when Jews sort of crouch down, slink away, try to retreat, try not to be too Jewishly associated. Um, and that sort of, it, it distances us from Hashem. And when we see can kind of one of our own, um, doing something successful, something that, you know, um, is, I think, in the world's eye considered positive and laudatory, then we start to feel, you know, proud to be, you know, I'm with that guy, you know, he's part of my tribe. And I think it's such a powerful um, thing to do. And um, I think it does, again, not necessarily we're going to see the, you know, mitzvot increasing because of that, although they might, but um, to just feel good about your Jewishness, I think just suddenly opens up more possibilities and more interest in engaging as opposed to disengaging. Um, where does your material come from? How do you, are you just kind of like running through like, uh, let's see, Moda'ani, Nagelwasser, that's funny. It's, it's, it's a fill and I could do a bit on that. Like, how do you come up with what? Yeah. Um, um, no, normally, what happens is normally is that I just, I will actually just, it's just my everyday life. Yeah, I mean, it could be things like that. I mean, it's not, but it could be. I mean, I, it's just something, you see something. Uh, what tends to happen, actually, with me is that I will not, I'm always jotting things down, noting them down all the time. I, I'll see something, uh, hear something that I think is funny, and then I'll write it down, maybe in just a, even if I have a joke about uh, or a thought for a longer routine, I'll just note it in the most incredibly bare note form. And then I probably won't actually come to ever write it, but until I need, I need it. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not sitting there writing new material all the time. I just want to work on the things that I need to do because my life's just too busy to do that. 
my New York shows. I'm, so my New York shows just started three, um, four, four shows. Um, I'm losing track of time already. It's, when you're doing a long run like this, you just lose track of the day. It is. Um, the, this material, like it's, it's really based around my own life and my experience. And but what's really great is that the audience come and say, "Oh, that's my life as well." I've got a whole long routine about the issues of shaking hands with people of the opposite sex at work. Uh, I talk about uh, spotting groom Jews in public and people who wear baseball hats. I talk about um, kosher sushi and, um, you know, Jewish driving. And they're all things that I've just seen in my day-to-day life and have made me laugh. And I think as a comedian, that's always what you've got to do anyway, is just your, your starting point should be do the materials that make you laugh and you hope the audience like it as well. Awesome. And what about you know, because trust actually in your my, own, my, trust your own judgment. One of my secret, um, you know, desires, uh, if I ever get any time outside of all the work at you in the city and project Malcolm is to go into stand up. So what does the process look like? I'm saying you're writing down these bits on the side. Are you, you know, making a certain dedicated time each week, you know, as every, every so often to just practice the bits, run through them, like find the punchiest language. Like how do you, how do you prepare for, um, and now yeah, we'll, let's, let's say, talk also yeah, about your strictly, say, yeah. strictly unorthodox show that's running on Broadway on off Broadway right now. Um, so how, how do you prepare for that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't tend to actually, I won't work on the, those, I write all those bits down but I won't actually ever come to write them up for quite a long time until I actually really need them. But mm. uh, so what happens is with a show like Strictly Unorthodox, uh, which you said is off, it's off Broadway, it's actually on Broadway, it's on Broadway and 50th, um, right. and um, the Jerry Orbach Theatre. And it's, um, so basically that show, is, it's really been years in the making because the material has been told from, you know, few years of doing shows and this is like the, the material that I'm really really happiest with and really comfortable with and the thing with it being a stand-up if you ever wanted to do that and and the best advice you know, as I just said was to to really to do the things that you find funny and that mm-hmm. you trust when, when I get on stage every day uh, every every evening at the moment I have just you know I think a lot of comedians are very think if they're newer comedians, you'd be very nervous, right? You'd be yeah. very nervous about, um, you know, are people going to laugh? Is it funny? I'm not sure if this show's funny or not. I have so... I have no nerves like that at all. I have total confidence in... Absolutely 100% confidence in the material. I think that's really important. The best place you can ever be is that you really trust the comedy. They really trust the material. And, and are you testing it out? Because, I mean, I, I, I know when I'm funny. I, mean, I, I was always the person that, you know, made my family laugh, made my friends laugh. I could find, like, in a moment sort of the, or I do, you know, thank God, find the line, like, you know, sort of when everyone's talking together that, you know, just sort of sets everyone um, in stitches. So are you testing out the comedy first among your family and friends and making sure you get the laugh before you bring it onto stage? Uh, I, you know, I will trust, I will, there's, you know, a few people I will, uh, sometimes just say, what do you think of this line or what have you? But on the whole, it's, I, I, I feel that the judgment, having good judgment is, is the key. And so, but as I say, with a show like the one I'm doing in New York at the moment, 
this has been tested so much, it's been performed so much to so many people um, all around the world. And so I'm going on stage with immense faith. You know, and every audience is different. You know, there's no, jokes don't have a, they don't have a legacy. You know, there's no, it's, it's all new and it's new. So the first time they've heard it. So the fact that, you know, 50,000 people have already laughed at one joke doesn't mean that the tonight's audience will necessarily find it funny. I mean, you could, right. you can play a, uh, you could, you could do a show that's great one night and then for some unknown reason, the next night they're, they're not laughing. But the key thing is, is that that must never phase you because you should never knock you off your stride if you have faith in, in the material. You right, know, for sure. it's a bit like being, if you're a rabbi, if you're a rabbi and you're giving a sermon, and the audience aren't going into it, you, you still have faith that what you're saying is MS. You know, you still believe that uh, the, the, the total words you're giving over are true. The fact that the audience are not listening and are talking or are going to go home and be Mahalat right. Shabbos doesn't take away from the MS of what you're saying. Totally. And I've found even as a speaker and I do, um, you know, I do weave in humor into my uh, my speeches. Um, I find that some audiences are just riper for laughter and are more sort of at ease and some come in with a little more of a guardedness and they can't quite let themselves get there. And even when I hear an audience start to laugh at the beginning or laugh at one of my videos before I begin, I tell them you're a good audience like let's do this now um because it's it's definitely more um edifying to be in front of people that are you know prepared to kind of you know go go with your jokes we got about two minutes left so let's just give our listeners a little bit of tachlistic information um when and where um is this show playing in new york strictly unorthodox how do they get tickets and then when and where can they see um your goyish guide to uh judaism on the bbc so give us some uh, some info the, the, the- so um, the Strictly Unorthodox is at the Jerry Orbach Theatre. It's on Broadway and 50th. And you can either get tickets at Ticketmaster or by calling the box office, the number of which is 212 Those are slotted. So that, so that, that. Um, so what we've done is, it, they were doing a series of new uh, things. So they're, they're launching the show with this one-off episode um, this coming Sunday, 
mm-hmm. and then with more to come after, which I'm going to be, which I'm working on at the moment. I'm writing all, so I'm writing at the moment in the day here. I'm writing this, and I'm writing my Edinburgh show. Okay, and well, in Ashley, summer, I mean, some people. Yep. Well, we wish you a lot of Hatzlacha uh, on the shows, on the TV Thank show, you. on uh, continued humor with uh, the right balance um, of, uh, you know, fun, but, uh, you know, still laughing with everyone together. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we hope our listeners will, will get a chance to uh, enjoy some of your comedy. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Good to speak to you. Yeah, you too. And you can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.